Does God exist? Does it matter if he does exist? What are the best arguments for his existence or his non-existence? We're joined by uh, Tom Peeler and Brian Woods today to talk about that and much more on Theology On Air. All right, awkward silence over. Thanks for joining us, uh, listening to the podcast, Theology On Air, a ministry of Theology On Tap here in Houston. We're also on Facebook Live right now, so we uh, thank you if you're watching us. If you have questions, send them in. I'll do my best to get them before Tom and Brian. Uh, But this is Theology On Air. We're on KPFT 90.1, their HD2 channel, every Thursday at 5 o'clock. That is our primary reason for existence, uh, if we can have reasons for existence. Hey, Brian? Uh, anyway, that was a little atheist joke there. Uh, anyway, but that is our primary reason for existence, but we also go out as the Theology on Air podcast, and we're on Facebook Live and occasionally YouTube as well. So check us out at any of those places, Theology on Tap Houston uh, on Facebook, and Theology on Air is the radio show. So I'm Evan McClanahan. I'm the host this week of the show. I'm the pastor over at First Lutheran here in Houston. And I'm joined by a couple of friends, Tom Peeler, who is a former Marine and self-studied. Uh, 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 uh. There's no such thing as a former Marine. <laughs> Elementary mistake. What was I thinking? Super fi. What were you thinking, Evan? Uh, yeah, I have a lot to learn, obviously. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's once all right. Mar- I forgive you. Once a Marine, always a Marine. But, uh, exactly. but, but a very much a, uh, a self-studied apologist, and he uh, mm-hmm. did a resurrection debate at my church several years back. And uh, anyway, uh, studied some uh, Thomistic philosophy at St. Thomas University. So this is probably his favorite question. So, we're, uh, so he'll be on the pro side of the existence of God. And then Brian Woods, uh, uh, also self-studied, uh, has done a couple of podcasts with us and uh, was on the panel once for Theology on Tap. And uh, so a very learned unbeliever, I think we can say that. Right, Brian? Somewhat learned. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. But I appreciate you guys joining me. This is what I'm calling a good old-fashioned Does God Exist debate. Uh, Every now and then we should have one of those if we're into apologetics. So I'm interested basically in hearing your best arguments and your questions for uh, for one another. So again, uh, we're on Facebook Live. I am going to try to check that out. Uh, see if there are any questions that come in, but let's just get the ball rolling. Let's just get some 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 juices flowing here. So, Tom, um, maybe just say like one minute, and Brian, you'll do the same. Uh, kind of how you got into apologetics, and then go ahead and launch into your, um, you know, maybe your your favorite argument for the existence of God. Okay, I got into apologetics in uh, 2002 in the spring. Uh, my pastor at our at my church, Pine Valley Bible Church, uh, my pastor's Bruce Bumgardner, great guy. We're best friends. Uh, he, he said to me, Tom, he said, Norman Geiser's going to be in town doing a seminar on Christian apologetics in a couple weeks. Uh, you want to go? And I said, well, who's, who's Norman Geisler and what's Christian apologetics? And, uh, anyway, so I went and uh, his presentation he did it with Frank Turek who's another, he's a well-known Christian apologist now, about an hour and 15 minutes into the presentation, I was going, holy cow, this stuff is really true. I need to start acting like it. (laughs) I never heard any of the arguments for the existence of God before. Never heard anything about apologetics. Didn't know. I knew why I was a Christian. I thought I did. And uh, it just always sort of seemed to make sense to me, but I'd never been put on the spot to defend my faith, you know, what I believe. So I, I went uh, enrolled in seminary 
uh, at Southern Evangelical where Dr. Geiser was the president. And uh, since then, probably 2002, I've probably logged 60 or 70 hours of, of uh, credit hours and audit hours and just attending class hours, studying this very, very important question because, you know, we, you got he either does or he doesn't. And we live in one of two vastly different universes, you know, depending on the answer to that question. Well, Brian, maybe give a minute or two then about how you kind of stumbled got, my way stumbled here. upon. Yeah, how how <laughs> how'd you end up where you are? Sure. Um, so I was been a Christian since I was young. I um, got reinvigorated in the faith when I was eighteen. I went through. You know, I had a friend in the hospital dealt with some issues and um, really started um, building my faith and. As I got into it, I, I felt my calling was to witness to other people. And uh, in doing so, you know, I dabbled in a few other religions, uh, just looking around. And uh, there were a lot of questions I couldn't answer. So I was looked towards apologetics. And I think at first it was very, um, very fulfilling. It answered most of my questions. Uh, but once I started looking more into those answers, um, I found that most of the time, more often than not, maybe they weren't wrong, but they weren't the whole picture. And um, so there was a lot, I thought, uh, missing in my approach um, and what I could answer. Eventually, I kind of, I think ultimately what it was is um, that in my personal experience, um, I felt God is capable of communicating through the senses with me. God wants to communicate through the senses with me, but he doesn't communicate. He wants to communicate as directly as he can with me, um, but he doesn't communicate with me. Um, and I think that that led to a whole bunch of conversations later and pursuits of um, what our universe is like and, and similar to Tom, but a little different outcome. <laughs> I ended up going into physics uh, for undergrad, looking at cosmology and things like that to see what what that really said and and um, a few other fields. But well, Tom, you have a live one on the hook here, so uh, <laughs> so so and and a few live ones listening, I'm sure. So give us maybe if you're you're, you're how do you think about this question? Maybe or what, what's the best argument? Just just lay it on us. Well, let's even start back before that. About um, before we have an argument, we. I mean, we have to understand what an argument is. And an argument is premises that lead to a conclusion. So there are premises that lead to uh, these conclusions. And sound and deductive arguments are the gold standard for arguments. In, in, in other words, if I have two premises and I have a conclusion and the argument is valid, that is it's constructed properly so that the premises guarantee the conclusion and the uh, premises are true, then the conclusion has to be true. It cannot not be true. For example, just to use a mathematical illustration of this, if, if I say that 50 is less than 100 as my major premise and that 25 is less than 50, then what do I know about the relationship between 25 and 100? Just less than. Okay. Has to be. Cannot be otherwise. And so um, I, I'll, I'll construct, well, however many arguments we need, there are probably four, five, six, um, that I could 
uh, come up with that that are like that. So where you have to, because of the the construct the, the 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 construction of the argument is valid, and the premises are basically undeniable. So the conclusions got to be true. For example, as a physicist, uh, I'm guessing that Brian. Uh, uh, recognizes the truth i think it's generally accepted of big bang cosmology yeah sure yeah okay so 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 the universe is not eternal so the the universe began to exist right um we can i mean that's a, a deeper conversation uh well like 40 uh, I think 40 years ago, yeah, like um, the tip, the math leads to a singularity. But I think the most common thing among cosmologists now is, you know, we're trying to get rid of the singularity in the math, uh, just like we do with black holes and things like that. Um, and there's yeah. a lot of different yeah. ways to do that. And it just depends on uh, how you want to go about it. So. Yeah, but the, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, is that the universe began. I mean, it's expanding, uh, it's changing. The, yeah, it there, so, so it's like a balloon, right? Like if you rewind a balloon that's blown up, it's going to condense mm -hmm. back. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, the, uh, if the universe, say, were infinitely old, you know, if it was, then all the stars would be burnt out by now, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. so it's not infinitely old. So the universe began. So... Everything that, be that begins to exist has a cause of its existence. The universe began to exist, so the universe has a cause of its existence. I mean, that's like the, the most basic, you know, fundamental. And so you, I'd be interested in, in how you would, you know, the, the argument is valid. Okay, it's structured properly. So you either have to say that things can pop into existence out of thin air with no cause whatsoever, which is, doesn't seem to be a very scientific approach, or you have to say that the universe um, did not begin to exist. Uh, but it's so, so uh, the way I would get around it, or not, it's not really getting around it. The way I would mm -hmm. try and look at the question is uh, first to see if it's accurate. And so this is, uh, and just in general, uh, um, I was on with Taylor, and one thing I try to do is address this, the soundness. Typically, the validity is fine, um, mm -hmm. but it's usually the soundness I have, have trouble with. Um, so, in other words, the, tr the, tr the truth of the premises. Right, right. Yeah. So, so you're, you're, um, saying, you're saying the premises follow, but the, what do you mean by soundness? Something within one of the premises that doesn't? No, no, right. no. So, what, 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 well, I'll, I'll let Brian say that. What, what, go ahead. So... Oh, no, you're, you're fine. If you want to butt in, if I'm not saying something, feel free. Um, well, the, the, here, Evan, Evan, arguments, validity just has to do with the structure of the argument. Validity okay. doesn't have anything to do with truth. All right. Okay. Right. So, for example, if I said, you know, all cats are reptiles, Felix is a cat, therefore Felix is a gotcha. reptile. Okay. So okay, the premises follow, but... Cats the are not reptiles. The follows necessarily from the premises, but the major premise okay. is false. And, and okay, just, so it's not... It's not yeah. sound. And, okay. and just for those listening, this is the Kalam cosmological argument, essentially. It's, it's kind of William Lane Craig's first out of the gate mm -hmm. cosmological argument. So, um, so if you wanted to study it more, you could Google that and find a gazillion web pages probably about it. Okay, right. so Brian, I'm sure, knows the argument. You're saying yeah. it's valid, but, mm -hmm. but there's yeah, something I, within I, those you would have to question, right? 
Sure, yeah, uh, which I guess you could say hurts the validity if you break it down, but I will go with the validity saying it, it's, it's valid. Um, the, so for one, we have the word universe, right? So um, mm -hmm. it's kind of like the world because with a limited understanding of the world, you can make the un same argument. Um, the world can mean everything, like our world we exist in. Um, it could mean our limited scope of knowledge. It can mean the earth. Um, so within that, it depends on what we mean. So in the t case of general relativity, where this comes from, I would say it's, um, it's the observable universe. Uh, so there's a lot of math that goes along with this, and we have good reason to think uh, that we shouldn't take the singularity as being a real physical thing. Um, for, one, for one example, there are constants in nature, like the gravitational constant, the, mm -hmm. um, the speed of light, and mm -hmm. uh, meters, or depends Strong on what units you want to use. Weak nuclear, yeah. Oh, not, not forces, but the uh, constants. Uh, yeah. So the constants. But uh, the forces have, do, the for go ahead. When you, do, when you do the dimensional analysis, uh, mm -hmm. the, the, the Planck length and the Planck time, et cetera, mm -hmm break down before we even get to the singularity. So there's good reason right. to think that the physics is not the same. Um, and so there's been many different approaches to make it work. Some have led to um, eternal universes. Some have led to multiverses, things like that. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of different ways to fix the problem, but it is recognized as a problem because we don't have a good answer. Can I just jump in real fast for, to, to clarify, Tom, just to put the layman's kind of, so what you're uh -huh. saying is that between the the initial action which we'll call the big bang and then the way that we understand constants today's time there is this unknown gap and it might be very short but there's an unknown gap where our math wouldn't work right like quantum mechanics right. or whatever fills in that gap and that's is that what Planck time is Planck time or Planck time yeah it's the it's so when you take all of the constants that appear in formulas and equations and you do really basic math with them, you can break it down to like, what's the smallest increment of each thing you can get, you can measure. And before these points, right, it doesn't, everything we have is built on these constants. So there's good reason to think that they don't work. Um, and this is really just one way of, of suggesting that it's not correct. Um, and this is a very common way. Okay. See, but here, here, here's, here's the thing. <laughs> the premise is still still stands every created thing has a and we could say it instead of saying uh, yeah every created thing has a cause of its creation i mean things just yeah. don't pop into from something out of nothing they they don't nobody's ever observed that the first law of thermodynamics says that you know the mass energy of the universe is the same and always be the same it always has yeah. been the same Okay, so, so I was gonna so say, it sounds like you uh, issue with the, like the eternality, right? The, yeah, 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 yeah. So exactly. Um, so I don't have an issue with it. If that's the way the universe is, I'm fine with that. Um, there are some problems that if it if it began, you're fine with that. That it began. Um, the universe as we see it started at some point. Yeah. 
I, I, I don't think that's, uh, I agree with that. What okay. there, you can, and you can, I say this with quotation marks, what there was before um, depends on what model you want to consider. Uh, we don't mm -hmm. really have a good answer because we don't have any way to measure before, you know, the cosmic background radiation can take us back to. Mm -hmm. so, um, it just so happens I do have a good answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, yeah, we would say, well, you know, creation from nothing, right? And, uh, and, and God, but I, I don't know if that's a God. Oh, no, 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 there, 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 there's, a, there's, a, there's a logical, I mean, there's an, there's an argument for that. Um, um, for example, uh, I would ask Brian this question. If there was ever nothing, no mass, no energy, no properties, no forces, no nothing, what, what, would, what would be the state of things today? It'd still be nothing, correct? If there was, yeah, if there was nothing, there would be nothing, yeah. Yeah, okay, but there is something. Okay. Right. So there's always been something. There's never been nothing. There's always been something. There's an eternal, there's an eternal being. And, and it's not the universe because we've just, you know, decided that, I think. Can, can I yeah, ask you agreed it, with it. Can I ask Go it ahead. this way? Tom, are you saying that if there is something, then there always had to be something because if there was ever nothing, then there would all, there would still be nothing. So therefore, exactly. Are we, are we reduced to these two poles? And this would be a question, I guess, for Brian. Are we, are our only two options then an eternal being that created or an eternal universe? Is there a third possibility, Brian? So um, here's where the really deep philosophical stuff comes in, right? Um, this is where we get into space, time, time, space, infinities, things like that. Um, so, for one, um, it's pretty well known. We don't understand time. Uh, we understand space-time somewhat well, um, but time as a philosophical notion is a little bit different. So time and space-time is time that we measure, right? So this is the time you hear about where like one event that seems simultaneous at one point um, is, can seem to happen before or after at another point. And these are done through, this is done through experimentation. Uh, this time is different than a philosopher's time. The philosopher's time is more metaphysical, right? So when we say it began, it's hard to get out of our language because our language is a tense language. And so I would say, and even to the, uh, the universe began to exist, uh, I would say if you mean the universe as in everything, um, I would say, Maybe it's better phrased as the observable uh, universe started at a hot, dense state, you know. Um, and beyond but, that, but we you're can... Using, but you're still using the word started, okay? And, and the idea yeah, yeah. Is, is... But there was it, something at that starting point, is the, is the thing to get around. But there, if, so if the universe started, it had to have a starter. If the universe has a, is a, has a beginning, it had to have a beginner comes from nothing you know so that that's right. that's my point and so you can I mean you can you know bob and weave around that all you want but the the fact of the matter is is that without saying that some things can come from nothing or that the universe is eternal you know the conclusion is true you know and, and i 
And I don't think you, you probably wouldn't want to argue against either one of those premises, would you? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't argue. I, what I would say is that they're not precise, right? Um, if you, you can manipulate language to make an argument that's in your favor, uh, for example, you know, like what you did with the, uh, I forget what the example you use, but you can manipulate language in a weird way. Cat and um, reptiles. And, yeah, cat and reptiles. So yeah. what, and the oh, one I'm no, familiar with just, is God in just, the ham cheese sandwich. But, um, no, I just was illustrating the validity of it, you know, yeah, yeah. validity sure. versus soundness. I, I think the, uh, but I think the, the cosmological argument when it when you start to be more specific, uh, mm -hmm. the it doesn't work. Uh, so when you say the universe, well, when you say the universe began in a hot dense state, uh, no, I didn't say that. I just said it began. Sure. I, yeah. I, the, the, the the state that it began in is really irrelevant. Right. The relevant well, thing, the relevant point or fact is that it began. And if right. it began, so, and the universe, I'm, right. So the universe I'm using is is the observable universe. It's the universe, it's kind of okay. like, it's the world once we've identified it as the world. Um, or a person, as soon as you identify a person, the atoms were all there before, but then they're mm -hmm. a person. So at that point, the per I identify that person as starting to be a person. And that's the way I would say about the universe is I, at that point where we can measure back to, I think we have good reason to think that the universe had certain properties um, but to say that it came from nothing, I don't think our, our data definitely doesn't represent that. And then the models, I think we have good reason for doubting that that's the case. Wait a second. I'm confused. You just said, I thought you just said, you just contradicted yourself. So are you saying that the models say that the universe, whatever is began or did not begin? I mean, so, so in the standard, the standard model has certain, um, it's the typical big bang model, but outside right. of that, there are other models to make it work prior to, uh, where we get the big bang, the cosmic background radiation cause, uh, and I know the measurements go, I think to, I think it's 10 to the negative 34th after the, you know, the rapid, the hit intense expansion, etc. cetera. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So it's not a, a very big time frame, but we measure back very far and yeah. to a point. And so there's a lot of different models after that point where you can have a, you know, Penrose has the, the right. formal geometric model. And let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. What possible empirical access could we have to before that point that the universe began scientifically oh that's a that is right now it seems like we may never get to that so. well yeah it's that's that's a matter of logic to me i mean wait 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 can i tom yeah. you said ask your question again you did you or are you asking about can we get to knowledge in that the Planck time? Are you asking no, no, no. about I'm, knowledge? I'm saying, I'm saying, you know, Brian's talking about, he's talking about the models and, and there are models that, you know, maybe come before the before, come before the beginning, which doesn't, you know, which I'm not granting okay. that. Okay. Because there's only, there is a beginning. Okay. But the linguistic, you know, the language problem. All right. So you can't, I mean, we have to say, even though there's no before, uh, 
but how would we have access to empirical access to that? I mean, science um, is about data. Science is about data. Science is about right. the physical world, what we can see and touch and measure, and and so we have no we have no access to the before. Right. None. Well, zero. Well, a hundred years ago, you know, it would have been seemingly impossible to get back to even the Big Bang until we, you know, we had developments in radiation and, and cosmology and, you know, people right. worked out Einstein's equations. Um, mm -hmm. So before that, though, it was seemingly impossible. I think we may get to that point, and I wouldn't underestimate humanity, but I also am very aware of of the feats of that, of what would have to happen for us to, to reach those points. Um, well, yeah, what, but, would ha what would have to happen is be magic. I mean, <laughs> because before the, the universe began, there wasn't anything, to, there wasn't anything. Well, there was something, it was God, okay? There, the source of all being. I mean, and that's a logical thing. That's a logical conclusion. Uh, uh, but if the universe began, which I think we've agreed that it did, right? So and and I think how it began. Let me what? let me clarify. When I say the universe began, I mean we we have an initial point where we can measure back to, and what uh -huh. we see now, we can say started at that point. But even even the standard model goes back farther than that. What I'm saying is just like what we can well, measure yeah, and for, see. For, 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 from one times ten to the minus forty third second further back, right? Uh, yeah, something really, yeah. really yeah. small. Yeah. yeah, but there's still a beginning. Okay, okay let me let me just there's put still, it in again so, simple, yeah. simple terms if I if I can. All right, so yeah. there is so there is a big bang, and then ten to the thirty four or whatever y'all you guys are saying seconds later, which is a super duper 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 small amount of time, faster than I can blink an eye. Exactly, plank time. Okay, so in in that space of time, we can all so we can only go back to that to that second point of that. But before that was the beginning. I mean, so my question to Brian would be that: Are you do you have to insert something into that space of time, like to 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 open? other possibilities other than a beginning i mean you guys agree on the philosophy i think right you disagree on the what the math or no, the I, I, of what I don't disagree happen. i'm not disagreeing with anything that brian says about the physics and the plank time and you know blah 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 i'm just saying that there's a beginning so you know, what i would no matter if we don't understand the nature of it or we don't understand uh but we know that there was one it's like if i you know if it, if uh, you know, I'm a uh, uh, you know an abor aborigine in deepest you know out in the middle of nowhere in Australia, and I see a jet aircraft fly overhead. I mean, I, I know that's real. I have no idea, you know, what it is or how it is, or but I know that it's real. Okay, so we can we can know I can know that there's a beginning without knowing. Um, you know how how exactly it happened, or how to measure it exactly. There was one. There, there. there if, look at it this way, Brian. Let's look at it in terms of causation. Okay. Would causation's a scientific thing, right? I mean, cause effect, cause effect, right? Again, it gets complicated when you get to quantum physics and relativity, yeah. but it. 
but I understand. I understand sure. that. But for those of us that live in the real world, you know, I throw a brick at the window, it hits the window, the window shatters, okay? Ca cause, right. brick, effect, shatter. Uh -oh. okay. So, so there, My headphones so stop working had to... one second. Are you there? He's, hang on. Hang, he said his headphones start working now he's muted. I didn't mute him. He must have muted himself. So let's see. I don't know if he's trying to get a speaker to work or I don't know. I guess he can't hear us. And I want, Tom, I just want to be sure to give him plenty of time to come back. I don't want him to feel kind of. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Okay, Brian. I'm, I'm good. Okay. 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 So, so, so if there was no, would you agree with this statement? If there was no first cause, there would be no second, third, fourth, fifth, et cetera, cause. Um, In other words, I mean, I, I, I know how to preemptively address this. So I can, if you want, oh, or okay. if you, you want to, you know, through the, walk through the argument. No, you're, so this no, is the, please. So this is the preempt by all means. Okay. Right. So this is like the prime mover argument or some variation of it. Um, and it's an interesting argument. Uh, so for one, one of the things that Isaac Newton um, changed philosophy, he changed science, but he also changed philosophy, um, is that he realized that things keep going even if you don't give them a push. Um, and so it is the case that it may be, or it may be the case that the, the nature of the universe is to go, is to move, is to change. Um, right. And so, when you get back I would to agree that, with that. Yeah. And so when you get back to that one point, what that would imply, if that is the case, is that that was not the starting point. Yeah, exactly. There had to there had to be a starting but there has to be a starting point, is all I'm saying. No, there has well, to be a first there is no there has need to be a first cause. Well, if, the, the, if the, the universe is if the universe is not eternal, okay, if it's not eternal, and I think mm -hmm. Have, have we agreed on that or not? Uh, no, not in, the, not in the sense of everything. Uh, the observable universe may be a part of a multiverse or some conformal space or something. Uh, let, let me, see, let me, let me not, highlight on that. Now you're not, but, but Brian, but now you're not doing science and wild speculation because you have no empirical access to the multiverse. You have no empirical access to what was before there was nothing. Zero. Right. So, Right. So, I, so, I, so I, I think it is good to be critical in science, but I think science yeah. starts before, um, you know, if Einstein was like, well, this is just math, disregard it. Uh, we never would have, you know, had his equations and gotten to the uh, cosmic background radiation. I think we should okay, be a little bit more about, generous than considering the ideas. We're, ta um, we're talking about, we're talking about, Okay, as you as a physicist, would you ever spend your career trying to develop a perpetual motion machine? No. Why not? Because it's, well, it's not likely possible. There are some, some weird things that you can do with energy and long time spans. Uh-huh. So. But? Um, but it's not feasible. But it doesn't mean it's yeah. not possible. Um, and that's what we're talking about when we get into, once we leave the scientific realm and we get into the philosophy realm 
where it's but I'm pure still philosophy. in the science. Let's, let's be in the scientific realm. What does the second law of thermodynamics say? That, that everything will tend towards increase in disorder, right? Yeah. There are, but there are models. There are models that get around that. You know, um, for one. Ah. Uh, so can I can I break in a little bit because I I I just want to clarify again, kind of for my own sake. So it seems like what Tom is basically saying is that look, you know, we, we can observe the universe and there are these sort, sort of laws that are followed. And from those, from what we see from cause and effect and from the science, we can deduce this, this, and this, um, you know, that there's a beginning and that there's a cause mainly. Um, so Brian, you're, you're, you're agreeing with everything that Tom is saying, but you qualify it by saying in the observable universe. I've, I've heard that phrase a few times, right? Or is that fair to say? But then, but where you would disagree is that you would just say that there are possibilities beyond the observable universe. So maybe uh, let me explain how the measurement works, right? So when when we what we do is we take energy densities in space. So in, inside of a balloon, there's so much energy, right? And we expand space, and we and we get to now, right? And so if we reduce it back, we can estimate how old the universe is, right? Um, mm -hmm. But once we reduce it down, those laws that we're using break down with it. Um, so, yeah. In, at, 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 Planck time, at Planck time, right? That's when they break at, down at Planck? It, it's possible. It's possible okay. that that may be the case. But that's what we know. It's down to a certain where we get that burst of, of cosmic background radiation from mm -hmm. is at mm -hmm. that point. And so mm -hmm. that's um, – but there – there isn't really a reason to say that um, for one, if, so let's talk about some of the like kind of iffiness about this. So the observable universe is the general relativistic universe. That's what I'm talking about. That's where these, okay. uh, these models come from, right? So this is like a balloon of space time. Um, let, me, let me ask you a question. This, let, sure. let, excuse me for interrupting. Let me ask you a question. No, no uh, because we didn't get to do that. We never did get to do the fundamental intellectual commitments, but, uh, in terms of what exists, are would you classify yourself as a materialist or a naturalist or a? In other words, is the physical universe all there is? Uh, I would consider myself a naturalist, but okay. I, I'm not closed off to the idea of like supernaturalism. I just never find, or I, I've never seen good reasons and good definitions in this area. So, like a good definition of supernaturalism, and then whether like a kind of sort of some sort of verification or a good reason to think that it exists. Let, let, let me phrase this another way. Is, does everything that exists in the universe, can it be measured? Is it mass or energy? Is it part of the standard model? Is it, or are there other things that are not material that are realities in the universe? Um, I mean, there's some gray areas, right? So I think things are parts of, so like when you get into abstractions and stuff, things are parts of processes that can be represented. But um, mm -hmm. math existing metaphysically, I don't know. That's, I don't know the answer to that. So. Mm -hmm. Things like that, but I don't math know. Is, math is real though. I mean, you use it to, you use it to, you know, write the laws of nature, right? The laws of physics are written in the language of mathematics. I think if if we knew if we it worked out perfectly, maybe we could say that 
um, math was real. But I think more what we're doing is just like when we say a book is red or, or a table is round or something like that, we're describing using abstractions from other objects. Uh, it's not necessarily a one-to-one -one correspondence with reality. Tom, can I... Can I see? What, can I can I jump in and kind of see what you're where you're going with that? Are you are you trying to commit Brian to uh, a, if and we have a question on Facebook I want to get to as well. But are you trying to are you committing Brian or asking him to commit to a worldview, naturalism, materialism, etc.? And if once he says yes, and then are you saying aha? But there are things that don't exist that can't be measured, like for example mathematics. It it. It exists. We know it exists because we use it to do things, to build buildings and such. Uh, but are you, uh, I, mean, I mean, is that where you're kind of going with it? I mean, math would be a proof that there are things that exist beyond the natural universe, for example? Well, yeah, beyond the material universe. I mean, there's a million things that exist beyond the material universe. Okay. You know, values, love, you know, evil, justice, the okay. laws of physics, the laws of chemistry, the mathematics itself, the laws of logic, any kind of laws, all of those things are immaterial. Okay, so uh, so not only does, does, does the scientist have to, if he's going to account for everything with science, and, and just, this just brings up another point. Science, and correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, but I, it's, so far as I know, science is about the material world, correct? It's about things that can be measured. I think, I, I don't think it's just about that, but that is a part of it, for sure. Okay, what else is it about? Well, I think, so my view of science is very, very close to philosophy. It's just mm -hmm. it, it incorporates empiricism, some sort of, some sort of empiricism. Um, mm -hmm. but What's it's empiricism? Still, I think empiricism is looking kind of like uh, looking at the, at the world through sensory perception or measurements. Right. Um, but I think science starts before that. Science starts at guesses, math. There's a lot of philosophy that people build on to get to science. I, I don't think they're not separate realms. I think science is a subset of philosophy. And I think most mm -hmm. people, yeah. I so would I agree with that. Yeah. So, so, so what you're saying is, I mean, in, in all of this, you're saying that science doesn't purport to provide a total explanation of the universe anyway. I mean, sure. so you can't really, you know, go to science to say that, you know, God doesn't exist or to use scientific reasons for um, saying that God doesn't exist. So, so maybe let me set up something that you can attack. Okay. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, so all right. the, the trouble I have with, in this place is so the, mm -hmm. the natural world has this order right we can describe it through math we can describe mm -hmm. it through words etc and there's this order um and why do you think that is well why do you think me, that is let me hang let on me tom let him finish okay, let him okay. Finish. all right all right, so, all right all right all right i'll, I'll shut up so there's this order and then at some point uh theologians theists say that it becomes supernatural but there's still order out there um, and so, and maybe point may not be the right word. It transcends, you can say. Um, mm -hmm. So my, but you can still experience God through sensory perception, right? Through some sort of, some, through some sort of sense. Um, well, he does it, right? I, I, I think you would agree with that, but I don't know. Totally that again? Out of time. 
Um, but, but my point is, is that I think that, and this idea exists in theology too, this idea of imminence where the divine is kind of wrapped with the natural world. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I don't know that you absolutely can't scientifically get to the idea of God. I think it's possible if, if, they are, if they truly are separated where like one is at some weird orthogonal angle in a null space or something. I don't know, but, um, but that, I, I don't know. The, these definitions, I think, need to be more well-defined. And I mm -hmm. think uh, theologians and philosophers in this area, I don't think have done that uh, a good enough service. Okay. So we're, we're going to have a real back on that, Tom, then I have a question for, for you guys. What did, did you, are you, is no, it my turn quick, now? Quickly, quickly come back on that. And then I had a question that came in through Facebook I want to make sure we get to. It's about oh, okay. time and whether time is linear, but go ahead. Um, yeah, the A theory or B theory, is that what it's, anyway. I think. Um, no, I, I want to get back to this, <laughs> this idea. If there's, <laughs> because things can't be and not be. I mean, they're, they're that's the law of non-contradiction. Something cannot be and not be. Okay, so the universe cannot be both eternal and have a beginning. Right? It's one or the other. Law of excluded middle. The universe began or it did not begin. If it did not begin, but it's here, that means it's eternal. It means it always was. And if it always was, then you don't have to account for the beginning because there was no beginning. Okay? But if it was not eternal, if it did begin, again, leaving that it began. It, then there has to be a cause of its beginning. There has to be. And the cause has to be outside of the universe. Because the universe can't cause itself to begin. And the universe um, needs a cause. Because things just don't come out of nothing. And so uh, that tells us, that argument tells us that there's something prior to the universe that existed. Now, the argument from causation that I was trying to get, uh, tr trying to explain, is that if, if there was no first, if there was no beginning, there would be any, there still wouldn't be anything. But there is something. Okay, we have a sequence of causes. Things are causes and effects all the time. So if we roll that all the way back, there had to be a first cause. There had to be a first cause. Now, logically speaking, there are what, three options? It could be uh, self-cause, but that's not possible because you'd have to exist to cause yourself, okay? Uh, it could be caused by another, but that's not possible because it's first. And so the first cause has to be uncaused. Now, if something is uncaused and it exists, that means it's eternal. And if it's eternal, that means it's, it necessarily existed because it always existed. It, ne it never not existed. Okay, so, so now we're starting That's a lot, to flesh Tom. Out That's a, a lot. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But, it's, but, you know, if you think it through, then you'll see that all of a sudden the characteristics of the God of the Bible are starting to appear. He's eternal. He's immaterial. He's let me, let me kind of... Necessary. Like, I can lump this really quickly. So... I okay. think what I would say to that is that Big Bang cosmology does not get you to the point where you can say there's absolutely nothing before that point. I, I would say that 
you can't. You, and I would say that I would, I would agree with that because right. there is and, something before that point. Right. God. Hang on. Let but, Brian finish. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm saying is that there may be a time structure before that point too. There may be a structure to time. So like uh, there's different models that do this. There's Sean Carroll's models, Roger Penrose's model. They, there is still a structure to time. So the universe might be eternal in the sense of everything, in the sense of the bigger picture outside of the observable. If so, there is an outside of so again, Brian, so you would say you would agree that the that the universe as we observe it, given the laws and the constants and such, had a big, you know, had a beginning, but there is a moment of time we don't know about. And in that moment of time could open the door to the universe being eternal. Is, is that I mean, sure. if that's your claim, it's, it's a relatively modest claim. Right. And we all agree that we don't know about that, that time, that that time in between the beginning and Planck time. Right. So let me. Let me give an analogy. Okay. Let's say you consider the age of the earth and you get to a point so far back where the earth doesn't exist, but we don't say time began there, right? The reason why people say time in Big Bang cosmology is because the idea of space time gets involved, but space time is different than time. And it's the time in a physical sense is different in a measurement sense is different than like a philosopher's time. But I won't go too far into that unless y'all want to. But. Well, it, le, I said I was going to ask this question twice. So let me do it now. Uh, the question is, and it comes from a Facebook viewer, has time always been linear? Always might be the word that we would debate, right? Um, that's kind of what we're talking about, really. What does the word always mean? Um, so has it always been linear? And then he, he follows that up with a question. Can we agree that we are here today? And I think his argument is that if that's the case, then the starting place also started someplace. Math has a deficiency if it cannot allow for a nonlinear path. I don't know exactly what he means. I guess what he's saying is that if time is, time is not linear, then math wouldn't work. I think that's what he's saying. So what do you think? I mean, maybe, Brian, give a quick overview of the two theories of time and, and, and maybe answer which one you would fall down on and why. So I think what he's saying, what I think he's saying is that when you have one event, you will always have a cause precede an effect, right? Um, this is, a, a, I'm more here during apologetics, but it, philosophers have talked about this too. Um, the problem where we get into weirdness is when you say, will two people agree that we're here today? Yes, two people will agree that we're here today. But like, let's say you take a, a stop frame, and this is empirically proven with Einstein's, um, the experiments to prove Einstein. Um, the events that seem simultaneous from one reference frame may not be from another. And so you have, the, and this is a big problem for the A theory of time, if, the, if time is the time and space time. You have to define A and B theory real fast. So A theory means the only thing that's real is right now. B theory says like all points along time are equally real. So B, a lot of physicists like B theory because in, in the equations, it seems that you have to talk about space and time together because you can get, like I said, like on Earth, a 
a person may see two lightning strikes happen at the same time, but a, in another reference frame outside of Earth, you may see one happen before the other. So depending on how it's measured, where in space time itself it's measured, one A theory would say, yes, A and B are after, or A, this A event is equally real as this event, but it would say in, in the uh, experiments that what has happened is not real in one frame, but it is real in the other. And that's the problem with A theory. Maybe, Tom, what do you think? Is, has time always been linear and how do you know? I'm, <laughs> I'm, too, I'm, I'm too simple for, for, you know, for that. I, of course it's been linear and of course I can't go back in time. If I could go back in time, then, you know, I would, we, we'd all be doing it, right? Go back until, you know, until I damaged my knee and had to have it replaced, you know, and, and, uh, we'd have killed like Hitler that. like but, a thousand times, a million times over by now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We have to go back further than that even. But, uh, the, the, the point that, that I want to bring up about this conversation that, that Brian I mean, I think, you, I think you brought it up. There's there's two things here. There's the being thing, and then there's the knowing thing. Uh, for example, with the two lightning strikes, whether or not the two lightning strikes took place at exactly the same moment at exactly the same time and were perceived exactly the same way, you know, we may never know that, but we know that there were two lightning strikes, okay? We do know that. So th there's empirical limitations don't impact, you know, uh, you don't have ontological implications, essentially. I mean, just because I don't know, or we don't know, or nobody knows what the exact is, or you know, how it interacts with uh, gravity, or you know, light interaction, or wh whatever the question may be, we know that it does. All right. So just to say that, because you know, the lightning bolts, we can't. We, we can't say exactly when or how doesn't mean that they didn't happen. Uh, that's all. That's the only point I'm making. All right. So uh, we have empirical limitations. You know, we, we do. Yeah. We have um, epistemological implications. We have limits to our, to our knowing ability. Yeah. You know, like right now, somebody could say, I mean, I'm sure Brian would not object to saying that we're both here, you know, carrying on this, a very civil and interesting conversation about the existence of, uh, you know, a first cause. I mean, of course he would say that. I mean, <laughs> you know, but, but whether it's at, you know, 16, you know, 459 Central Standard Time or 459 and two, I mean, depending on the elevation, you know, time's different at the different elevations. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, but we're still having this conversation. Tom, I just want to say, I just want to say, you can use twenty-four hour time here. It's okay. We we all know. In no, fact, my my all clock right. my clock says says sixteen fifty-seven right now. So you're good to go. Oh, okay. All but right. we do only have a couple of minutes, unfortunately. So yeah. here's what I'd like you each to do: is maybe, um, maybe give what you think is um, is your best argument for the existence of God and the best argument against the existence of God. So like you, you each give two arguments, right? Um, and so maybe Tom, you go first so that I'll give Brian the last word since Tom went first, but we are just about out of time. So maybe two quick summary statements, best and worst argument for God. 
Okay, well, there, there are many, 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 many best arguments. Um, I think the moral law argument is probably um, perhaps the best because everybody knows, everybody knows that there's a right and wrong. That's, in other words, a way that I should behave that is not internally to me. I don't, I don't decide what's right and what's wrong. I don't get to do that. And neither do you, and neither does Brian. And he, we all know that, right? So there's, an, there's a, a standard. So if there's a moral law, then there's a moral law giver. Okay. You know, every law requires a, a law giver and there's a moral law. So the moral law has a moral law giver. All right. So that's, I think that's probably one of the best because it also strikes at the heart of everybody understands that everybody doesn't understand. And, and I don't either, you know, I'm not trying to pass myself off as a physicist. I know about some of this stuff, but I don't understand, you know, uh, but everybody understands right and wrong. Everybody gets that, all right? And the fact that there is a right and a wrong proves that there's uh, somebody who has ordered the universe such that there is a right and a wrong. Now, I'd say the best argument for the non-existence of God would be, you know, if you're a materialist, say, you could say, you could construct a syllogism like this. You could say, uh, only material things exist. Uh, God is not a material thing, so God doesn't exist. You know, that's a valid argument. The problem is, is with the major premise. Only material things exist. Well, that could be true. It could be false, you know. Um, and so you, and you can't get any more out of, you can't get out of your conclusion more than you have in your, in your conclusion. Then therefore that God doesn't exist. Well, that, that may be true. Maybe not. So you haven't really advanced the cause if you make that argument. Okay. So. All right. So basically you think their best argument is a bad argument. Well, of course it is okay. because God does exist. So All right. You, no, no. I, mean, I would, I would yeah. expect nothing less from a Christian apologist. It's okay. I'm just, you know, <laughs> you know, that's, that's where, that's the world you're supposed to live in. So, yeah. well, Brian, so anyway. I don't want you, I don't want you to feel rushed. Take your time and give again, you know, we, we have, we have several minutes, so go ahead. Okay. I'll, I'll be fairly quick. Um, I think really the, the bottom bottom line for most of my arguments, uh, don't eliminate the possibility of God. I think what we can do is we can look at what people call God and look at the world, look at reality and see if what we would expect if we do an honest analysis is mm -hmm. what would the world would be like by the world. I mean, reality um, if a God or that God does exist. And I think if we do, we will come to some, some conclusions that will be diverse from one another for one. Um, and two, I, I think uh, that if we're really honest with ourselves, you will come to my conclusion, but I think everybody <laughs> um, But I, I wanna say two things about this though. One of the most uh, disheartening things that I had to come to realize is that the truth is not easy to come to. It's not easy to get at in terms of arguments and measurements, but it's also not easy to face. And I know Christians uh, believe the same thing. Uh, the truth is hard. I believe you guys see the, the world as facing the truth and we don't wanna see it or uh, something similar to that. Um, so what I would say is, is go along that route really try and face truth. It's not going to be easy. Oh yeah. And keep pursuing it. 
And absolutely to, to kind of paraphrase Dr. Sean Carroll, what bigger breakthrough would there be in theology to find out there is no God? So, <laughs> well, yeah, there, I mean, talk about a breakthrough because then, then you, you, you don't have an explanation for anything. You don't have an explanation for logic. You don't have an explanation for the universe. You don't have an explanation for life, for consciousness, for self-consciousness. I mean, it just, here we are. All right, guys, we have to go. Again, I'm Evan McClanahan, pastor over at First Lutheran. You've been listening to Theology on Air here at KPFT, where we have interesting conversations every Thursday at 5 o'clock on religion, ethics, questions that really matter. And uh, today was, hey, we try to be balanced, have uh, different points of view, so it was a believer and an unbeliever alike. Thanks so much to Tom Peeler and Brian Woods, both of which are on Facebook. So they could probably put in those, you know, Tom Peeler Houston, and, and he'll come up. Uh, and uh, anyway, simplify, and until next time, question freely, think deeply, and disagree as needed. 